until we talk Syracuse basketball with our next guest. You can find his work on The Athletic. You should follow him on Twitter for all the latest on Syracuse basketball as well. Matthew Gutierrez is back with us here on the block ESPN Radio. Now, Goody, sources indicate you are somewhere currently where you can put your feet in a swimming pool. Can you confirm this information? <laughs> yes, I can. Absolutely. Try to get away, take advantage of the uh, two days of Syracuse basketball where there are no games. So, yes, uh, enjoying a little sunshine here. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. Now, is that a pool? Was that a, a body of water considered an ocean? What, what, what are we talking about here? Today was a pool down in Florida, absolutely. Um, so ocean's a possibility another day is what you're saying. Absolutely, okay. yeah. And then, you know, heading, heading back to Syracuse and shortly in a couple of days, but, yeah, anytime I can see some family and, and get a little warmth, absolutely. Very nice. Soak it in for us, buddy. Soak it in for us. Currently 37 degrees <laughs> in central New York, just so you know. Just just updating you on, on that very important information. So hasn't been bad though, no. Brent, you know, this year. I mean, right, what are we, thirty inches below the average right now Shh. on the year and Goody. Uh, Goody. <laughs> Shh. don't talk about it, okay? Don't talk about it. And it'll keep happening, okay? <laughs> Shh. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up though. Uh great piece today to transition to some Syracuse basketball talk with so you track down why each player wears their particular number, and I think that's a story we've heard before in the sense that athletes have numbers for a reason, but when you really mine into this and find some of the reasons, it's really interesting. The most interesting to me, though, is Marek Dolja and why he has the 21. Can you explain that for people that uh, haven't seen it yet? Yes, Marek, uh, for, for one, doesn't, uh, doesn't know his mom's birthday, and I followed up with him a couple of times just to protect him. Uh, I asked him, I think it was late December for the first time, and then followed up throughout January, and he didn't know uh, the date. But anyway, um, he was going to go with something that ended in a, in a one, uh, ended up with 21, his current number. 31 was taken by Pearl. Uh, 11, O'Shea Percet, his former teammate the past two seasons, had 11. Uh, so he, he went with 21. Um, and, but the, the fact that he didn't, recall his mom's birthday it was probably one of the, the goofier uh, encounters Marek, come on buddy like he knows it's the 21st of one of the 12 months so hopefully we'll help him track that down sometime soon here and in reading this article goody i, I learned something now it's obvious to think about but until somebody points you points it out to you you're like oh yeah so quincy garrier wanted the number six right but Yes. The, the official has to be able to say your number with one hand. Is that it? Like, what's the deal with why he couldn't have the number six? Yeah, exactly. So when the official goes to the scorer's table, uh, maybe a little outdated and old-fashioned, but, uh, you know, here we are in 2020. They keep the rule the way it is. Basically, the official has to be able to give the number on one of his hands. So 55 would be 5 and 5. Uh, 11 would be uh, he'd flash 10 and then 1. Um, you know, four, three, two. Obviously, we see a lot of the generally in basketball the lower digits, um, lower numbers for guys, uh, big, big guy or or guard, uh, just across the board. But so Quincy was kind of putting a slight conundrum, and and I just went with the, the lower number. So to get the story of why other players have the numbers that they do, we know why Buddy Beheim wins 35, of course. But if you don't, uh, Matt wrote about it today. Make sure you check out that piece on The Athletic. Now to go back to Marek for a moment here, Goody, it has been incredible to watch his ascension as a player overall. 
offensively, defensively. We know he can stuff that box score and, and with that, those gritty hustle plays, but he's just flat-out become one of the better players in the ACC. And I think that was validated Saturday when Mike Krzyzewski said he's the most improved player in the league. How has he gone to that point so quickly? She's been uh, a lot of fun to watch. We saw it. You know, you saw it. I think a lot of Syracuse fans saw it. His freshman year, he kind of blossomed almost out of nowhere. I keyed that Sweet 16 team once Matt Moyer was injured and lost the starting uh, forward spot. Marek comes in and and played real well down the stretch there. Uh, Some great games in the 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 playing game and then uh, TCU and Michigan State uh, and even in the Duke game in the Sweet 16 once Syracuse was was right there. Marek was a key part of that. And then last year he took a step back. He struggled. He said he wasn't uh, fully confident in himself. He wasn't aggressive enough. And he said he played bad throughout the year. That, that, that's his words. Uh, and then this year, uh, what we've seen is just a, a way more aggressive Marek Dolajai, able to just attack, pump fakes pretty much every time he gets the ball, but it works. And why not uh, deviate from that if it's going to work? Uh, he, the next step, as Beheim said, I think it was uh, Saturday or Monday on the teleconference, is just shooting. If he can get his 15, 17-footer uh, going with consistency, he'll be an outstanding player right now. He's, he's good, and he can definitely take his game to the next level with the shot. But his development has, has done wonders for Syracuse, uh, especially offensively, a team that needs a lot out of the four spot with the inconsistencies on the front court, and he's, he's been great. Goody, I look at this team, and I think they're in an interesting spot. They are in the top 20 in the country in offensive efficiency, but they're dropping in defensive efficiency. Last check in the Ken Palm ratings, they were 149. So with about a month to go here, nine games left in the regular season, and that trademark 2-3 zone that Syracuse plays, it seems to me that's not what they're going to ride to the postseason that they want to go to should they get there. It's just a matter of they've just got to flat-out outscore people down the stretch, right? Yeah, I mean, we saw it with Duke, right? The only way they were going to win that game is by outscoring Duke, and uh, they were kind of close, right? They put up 88. Duke, Duke nearly scores 100, but yeah, this defense, uh, I think at first, you saw it really with the Virginia game. They only scored I think it was 48 points uh, Virginia on opening night, but the, the ball was just in the high post a lot more than it had been the previous, let's just say, two seasons. Uh, keep it simple, when they had pretty good zone defense um, in 2017, 18, and 18, 19. And then, you know, the high post is open. Some guards were able to get a little bit of penetration, although they've cut that off a little bit. Uh, and inside, you know, teams are, are trying to go all over the Syracuse bigs, and they're having some, some pretty good success. The Orange have you know, definitely improved their rebounding, but still with the zone, defensive rebounding percentage is always going to be uh, miserable just the way the defense is. Uh, and so, yeah, this is a team that's going to need to score a lot of points with Gerard, Hughes, Buddy, and then hopefully Marek uh, in the mix there. Matthew Gutierrez is our guest. You can find his work at The Athletic. Make sure you check him out on Twitter as well. So, look, when you play Syracuse, you know what the plan is. Teams are going to try and push that defense out to get Elijah Hughes off his spot, to get Buddy Beheim off his spot, and even Joe Girard off his spot. In the last few games in particular, though, teams have really made them work for those shots. I think Girard handled Trey Jones as well as can be, but, man, Hughes and Buddy really have to work for those shots right now. and They've gotten in the paint a little bit more, Goody, but... How do you see this going down the stretch here and the teams that Syracuse is going to play and how much those two, particularly Hughes and Bayheim, are really going to have to work for clean looks from the outside? 
Yeah, I mean, Duke did an, an outstanding, admirable job on them. Duke is one of the best you know, defensive teams Syracuse has, has played. I think moving forward, Elijah and Buddy, you know, thankfully for them, they're not going to see what they saw against Duke. Maybe a little bit FSU, Louisville. Uh, you'll see that, but even then, I think it'll be a, a little bit easier road uh, to score. But they're, 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 what we saw is they're going to have to work for shots, especially when teams uh, play, you know, even if it's just a light full-court pressure, takes a few seconds off the shot clock. It's a few extra uh, ounces of energy for these guys, especially Elijah. Uh, you know, he's so so good to begin with, but when when he's on ball, it definitely minimizes a little bit what he can do. Uh, but you also understand that he needs to play on ball sometimes because uh, he can bring up the ball always without any problems, right? Never turnovers uh, in the backcourt or anything with him. So uh, if he's able to be off ball and teams Sag off a little bit. This is an excellent, excellent offense. Uh, they, they have you know run into a little trouble when teams try to take away he and Buddy, make a guy like Marek beat them. So, Goody, nine games left, as we mentioned. This is a team that, no matter what's going to have its work cut out for it, to just be in the conversation to get to the NCAA tournament. But something really jarring today, I think, was and it's one bracketologist, it's one opinion, but it doesn't really matter which bracketologist looks at it. The, the spots from the ACC are few and far between, but to see Joe Lenardi today only put three teams in from the ACC, I mean, wow. And for Syracuse to get itself in that conversation, how? I mean, don't they have to beat Louisville and Florida State now? And by the way, you might want to win like seven or eight games total, included those two down the stretch here, just to be in the conversation short of you know a deep run in the ACC tournament, I guess. Yeah, right. The ACC tournament certainly will will be somewhat of a deciding factor. They go, you know, they go down in there. They go down there and lose that first game, as we've seen, uh, or they maybe they go down there and they run off two straight wins uh, and get to like a semifinal or or something. But yeah, it's it's going to be a tough stretch. I think with nine games left, you know, you mentioned maybe beating Louisville and Florida State both on the road. Um, I think Florida State is is definitely the more winnable game. They're just skirting by. They're still ranked, but their Ken Palm rating is, is falling. Uh, they, they barely beat UNC, a, a very unimpressive UNC team, even with Cole Anthony. And they're, they're just beating these kind of middle-of-the-pack ACC teams. They are winning, which which credit to them they're winning, but they're only winning by uh, generally a few baskets. So I think Florida State's the winnable one there. You go to Louisville, I don't think that there's too many uh, scenarios in which they win that game, but um, you never know. It'd be a, obviously a resume boost, to say the least, against an excellent Louisville team. Uh, but the rest of these games, I mean, they're, they're just you got to pile up these wins, right? To sneak in there with with Wake at home, NC State at home, at Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech at home, UNC at home. These are all very winnable games. Uh, you can't afford to 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 lose, especially at the end, uh, like that Clemson game. And you wonder if you know in a few weeks. What is it, six weeks now, Selection Sunday, seven weeks, that that Clemson one-point loss might come back to bite. You hope not if you're Syracuse, but games like that you got you got to definitely take advantage of and win. Goody, enjoy the sunshine. Enjoy the beach. You earned it. Doing great work over there at the Athletic. Keep it up as we go through the season, and we'll definitely catch up down the road, my friend. Appreciate it, Brent. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll definitely send some sunshine over. Please do. Bring it back with you. That's Matthew Gutierrez, ladies and gentlemen, from The Athletic. Now, when we come back, here's the thing. 
For those of you on the radio side, it's going to be a surprise guest. And the only way I'm going to phrase the surprise guest that is coming up next is they are a gambling expert. But if you are watching on Twitch, twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk, I'm going to tell you on Twitch who this next guest is going to be. Stay tuned. You're on the block ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk.